Okay, great. So I know it's towards the end of the day and we all have to head out to the party. And uh, some of you have heard me earlier this week and some of you have heard me earlier this year. Uh, this is the 30th D-Scoop. And it is my 30th D-Scoop because I haven't missed anyone. So again, I apologize in advance for things that I might repeat. And I also have to say it is embarrassing to stand in front of the crowd and, and answer these questions. But um, I took this picture Sunday. When I uh, landed in Barcelona, I left Israel, and uh, my plane was late, and the good thing being late on the plane, I think I landed in an amazing time, seeing the port and the, the sunset. So it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful city, and uh, the advantage of being last is that I can not only sort of say uh, my usual thoughts, I, I have some context as to the last two days and things that I've seen here. So again, thank you everybody uh, for coming. We've had people from uh, a large part of the world uh, come here, and uh, I, I, I certainly uh, met new people, and I certainly saw some uh, new ideas. I want to specifically thank our partners, many of whom I've, I've known for years, and I've learned to see some new things, and there's some totally new partners here that I'd never met before, and some really interesting ideas and business cards uh, that I now have in my pocket, and we need to follow up, and this is how innovation happens. Innovation happens by meeting new people, not everything comes to fruition, but, but a lot of new things have been created um, at uh, DScoop, and, and uh, each DScoop is a little bit different. I think this format of a more intimate group and a solution showcase really with a lot of partners actually worked very, very uh, well for me. Um, there's a Chinese proverb that is really a curse. May you live in interesting times. And I think we live in very interesting times today. Um, I was born in uh, Jerusalem. My parents were born in, uh, in uh, Berlin. And uh, you think of Europe 75 years ago. There was just this big uh, milestone of 70, 75 years for, for D-Days. And with all the problems we're living through and the tension, uh, it is the, the largest, you know, the EMEA region, the largest and most diverse region that we have. Um, and a lot is going around us, a lot of uncertainty politically, economically, tension, um, you know, but life goes on. And in this uh, interesting period, we have to learn how to, uh, to manage our businesses and, uh, and survive. Um, at DScoop in North America, I, I spent quite a lot of time, my presentation was actually framed around the most famous printer in the United States, Benjamin Franklin who was also a scientist and a, a revolutionary and a, a philosopher and a publisher. And this picture I really, really love because we got it back in 1994, 1995 from one of our first customers in Philadelphia, which is where Benjamin Franklin had his print shop. And he sent us this picture of the ePrint 1000, which we had just released, um, and Benjamin Franklin standing next to it and sort of looking at the magical digital image that came, uh, that came out. And Benjamin Franklin was really an amazing guy, and the, ho the whole thought process behind the things he did is quite amazing. And he was very well known for his witty proverbs, quotes. He, he, he's a very, you know, in, in the United States, it's very well known. And um, there's a quote that says, if we do business today the way we did business yesterday, we'll be out of business tomorrow. And uh, as some of you already know, the truth is he never said that. But it's very relevant, I think, for, for where we are as a business, so I like to use it. But um, the title of this presentation, if you saw in all the announcements, 
when Irit asked me four months ago, what do I want to call my chat? I said, we must all hang together or we will surely hang separately. And this is a true quote from Benjamin Franklin, and I think he said it around the American Revolution and the tension that existed between the states. And he said, if we don't cooperate, you know, we're all going to hang together. The British actually are going to, are going to hang us. So this is a bit provocative, but, but for me, um, I'd like to put a positive spin on it, and I think this is the essence of, uh, of DSCOOP, of the community. And it's up to us to cooperate and to share and to change certain things, because otherwise, given everything going around in the world and given a lot of the pressure in printing, and I'll relate to some of the data, we're going to, uh, we're going to struggle. And this is true, by the way, for HP as well. HP is a very big company. We have deep pockets, but we cannot influence the world by ourselves. The power of the thousands of uh, Indigo customers around the world, combined with our partners, is significant enough to really change things, and, and we've proven that. But if we all just do our little thing, which is sort of the natural thing, I think we're going to be in uh, deep uh, trouble. And one thing I, I wanted to relate to, uh, where I get ideas from, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I love to read. I do not have enough time these days to read. I love to read more, not business books. I very, very, very rarely read business books. I get my ideas from, from other things, but I read this book last year. Uh, which I really, really loved, and it's called Humble Leadership. And you can see here, it's the power of relationship, openness, and trust. And basically, as, as part of the book, um, the author sort of talks about four levels of relationships in, in business, by the way, in life. But let's talk about business. The first one is, is the most horrible one, which is really management or control by fear, by domination. You can take it into slavery or, you know, the, the feudal system, etc., etc. Nobody wants to be there. It's really not acceptable. Um, the level one is very, very common. Uh, certainly in most big companies and even mid-sized companies, it's a transactional relationship. People have roles, their rules, their metrics, their KPIs, there's mentoring. This is not bad but it's very impersonal. People do their job three years, then they move to the next job, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the level number three, I'll get back to level number uh, two, is a very tight emotional connection. It's total mutual commitment. And the ultimate example is a family business. Family business have to be level three. You can't be a family business if you're level one. There has to be bonding, there has to be trust. Uh, a lot of the Indigo customers, by definition, are at level three. They're family businesses. The brother, the sister, the father, the mother, they're all in the business. I think it's very difficult for a large uh, organization, and by now we're a pretty large organization. We have thousands of people dedicated to Indigo within an organization like HP, which has tens of thousands of people. So my, my firm belief is we have to strive to be level two, even though, personally, I feel that uh, with many of our customers that I know for a long time, it's, it's uh, level three. And uh, that changes a lot of things. It means that when you negotiate, you actually always have to put yourself in the mind of the other side. It really has to be a win-win. It has to be something which you think about for many years. It means you set goals for people and you move out of their way. You don't micromanage everything. Um, and this, for me, again, it's the essence of, of uh, DSCOOP. In some cases, at DSCOOP, I've seen 
people that have become friends and partners, they do business together, and they're at level three. I mean, there's like total trust. Um, but as a corporation, if we can build this level two kind of relationship in a community, I think it's amazingly powerful. It's amazingly powerful. And it'll beat a lot of our competition, not just the traditional other printers competition, but also the competition from internet, social media, et cetera, which can never get to this relationship. So this, this is really, uh, really important uh, for me. Now, as we, as we well know, uh, the world over the last few years with all the ups and downs is in a pretty healthy place. I, I talked to quite a few of you and uh, the biggest concern of many is the fact that in their area, unemployment is 3.2%, 1.6%. There are no people. And uh, if you look 10 years ago, it's shocking, right? Because 10 years ago in 2008, 2009, uh, Spain, Greece, but many other countries got to 10%, 15%, 20%, 25% unemployment. Uh, and now we're in a, a relatively stable situation. I, I hope it lasts. And, and memories are very, very short. And people that are in their 30s usually don't even have any recollection of what happened 10 years ago because they were in school or they were, they were just in the beginning of their uh, career. Um, but the reality is the world has fundamentally and dramatically changed over the last 10 years in many ways. I'm not going to go into all of them, but uh, first of all, there's no doubt that the last 10 years has seen a huge growth in Asia, in population and in GDP. And in fact, today, two-thirds of the growth in this world is coming out of Asia, China, India, Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, etc. And us in, in this room that... Uh, that um, are not in Asia, tend to forget that. Um, but this is sort of the natural sequence of human history. Most of the population of the world is in Asia, and for thousands of years, the largest economies were in Asia. The US is still 10% of the growth in the world, and the EMEA region together is about 15% growth in the world, which is pretty, pretty significant. And we'll see where this goes, but this is sort of a, a reality uh, of life. Uh, in our world specifically, and some of you have seen these charts many years ago, I, I apologize, it's, it's a little bit hard to read it, but uh, um, this chart tries to map in 2010 and today the percent of time people spend on various activities like television, radio, reading, uh, social media, etc., versus the dollars spent by the brands in advertising. And you would think that over time, if people spend 40% of their time on television, the brands would spend 40% of their dollars advertising on TV. And the interesting thing is to, to look here at the trends over the years, but also at the distribution of the money. And uh, in 2018, you can see the, the vast majority of money is spent on social media between mobile and the desktop, with mobile growing dramatically, and TV. Quite different than eight years ago where mobile didn't exist. It was just starting and social media was just starting. Um, the problematic issue for us as, as people in the printing area is the one, the two bars on the left. So print today is still getting a pretty large amount of spend compared to the time people actually consume print. Consume print here means newspapers, magazines, etc. It doesn't mean reading a book or, or reading a, a business card. If you look at compared of the 
the print spend over the last eight years, you can see the numbers have gone down dramatically. So we're dealing with a world where the natural tendency of advertisers, brands, etc., is to put less and less money into print and more and more money into uh, social media, primarily mobile. And this change has propelled immense differences in the creation of value around the world. So 10 years ago, in 2009, the most valuable companies in the world were mostly oil companies, PetroChina, ExxonMobil, retail company, Walmart, and you had one high-tech company called Microsoft. And if you look at uh, the value today, just a few days ago, number one in the world is Microsoft, which is quite extraordinary to be 10 years in the, in the first ranking. And then Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, which is Google, Facebook. Six and seven, by the way, are Chinese internet companies. But this is a huge, huge change, and it, it reflects the, the changes that I sh uh, showed before, because the world is moving to the internet and to mobile, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, it's quite a big change. Um, if you go back in time, I, 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 I ask myself, okay, given this, was there ever a time where one of the printing companies was actually in the top 10? And I won't ask the question, but uh, the answer is that there was one printing company that used to be in the top 10 in the world, and that's Kodak, 40 years ago. And at that time, Kodak and IBM were really the two high-tech companies, G to a certain extent. The rest were like uh, oil and uh, mostly oil to, to a large extent. And Kodak today is valued at $100 million, and it sells less than Indigo but the value is 100 million. Here it was worth tens of billions of dollars. So the world changes, and um, we, have to change, uh, we have to change with it. To show this in a different perspective, digital is growing, print is declining, and that is obviously uh, a scary place for, for our industry. And if you look specifically into the commercial printing, it's even worse. Uh, in the United States, over the last 20 years, the value of printing has declined by 50% and even more scary, and these are pretty recent numbers. In the last two years, the value of commercial printing in the US has gone down by 8 to 7% every year, which is huge. And I don't think this is just US. I am, I'm looking at Iran. In Israel also, the commercial print market is under attack. We see it everywhere. There's consolidation, there, there are bankruptcies, there are mergers. It's a tough, tough, tough uh, uh, place uh, to be. On the other hand, and many in this room are from the packaging industry, the packaging industry is actually growing very, very well. If I went back 20 years ago, the commercial print industry was also growing. This is not something which was forever. For, for decades, commercial printing were growing. At this point of time, packaging is still growing. Um, by the way, that probably will not last forever either, but for the foreseeable future, I think it's a safe bet that packaging will grow with big shifts inside the packaging industry. And in parallel to all this pressure on revenue, we have pressure on costs. Talked about labor. When you have 2%, 3% unemployment, costs go up if you can find the people. Paper prices went up a lot in 2018. They're stabilizing now a bit. Electricity costs, uh, aluminum costs. Costs are, are in general going up. But I think the more interesting uh, change is not the short-term change of 6%, 7%. It's the fundamental change of 
consumer behavior, of retail, of online, and I think also, by the way, we'll see, because nobody knows what's going to happen in five to ten years, but, but it could very well be that in five or ten years people will look back and say that the period of 2018-2019 was also a change because of a concern of privacy, which people are really getting now a lot more aware. You're starting to see the backlash, mostly in Europe, against Google and Facebook. There are talks even of breaking them up. They're a monopoly. So it could very well be that this is also changing. But when you look today, what's happening with retail, it's a huge change. Uh, you see the big, uh, you know, in the United States, it's Sears and Israel. People are buying on Alibaba and the small malls are, are shutting down. And you also see that the smaller brands are eating the lunch of the bigger brands. And uh, while the big brands are still large and growing and acquiring the Nestle's and the Mondelez's and the P&G's, etc., they're growing much slower than in the past and they're a lot more vulnerable. And they're worried about the small brands, they're worried about the online uh, presence, they're worried about the environment, they have to spend a lot of money maintaining the brands, they have to spend a lot of money defending themselves against plastics in the ocean or, or other environmental uh, areas, while the small brands are on the rise. And uh, I, I always love this example because uh, the beer market is transforming and it is enabling a lot of Indigo customers to grow their business profitably because the craft beer market is short runs, local, multiple SKUs, while the big beer companies are all into long runs, protecting their brand. The small brands are not going to advertise on television, and even for them, social media is very expensive, so for them, printing is the ultimate way of building their uh, brand. For the large brands, it's a little bit more uh, difficult. So if you look at the world today, and these numbers haven't changed, social media is getting more and more of the spending. Print is about the same as Google. Radio is going away. Television is changing dramatically. And we have packaging as an emerging market. And every year, the packaging grows a bit, and the internet grows a bit. These are the two areas that are actually growing today. It's very interesting. Packaging and internet, while the print commercial print advertising, the radio and the TV are declining. The general total market, by the way, is still growing because the world economy is growing 3% a year, which is huge. It's like adding a UK or a France to the world economy every uh, single year. And um, print is still a huge industry. Some of you might know this, but uh, print is one of the largest industries in the world, manufacturing industries in terms of uh, total production, certainly a number of employees. And of all these industries, it's by far the most fragmented. It's still family-owned businesses, very diverse, um, and uh, a huge opportunity. A huge, huge opportunity, I think, for all of us and for the, for the vendors in this industry as well. We've had a good, you know, we've had a good ride, collectively, as, as uh, Indigo users, as Indigo partners, uh, as Indigo. And this is because through the years, and despite all the changes, our customers, the Discoop community, have figured out all the time new ideas, innovation, and it's constantly changing. And the big growth of uh, 10 years ago of photo albums converted into a large business that's now very mature. 
and the traditional online printers had a huge boom, and it's still growing, but less than five, 10 years ago. And it's up to us to figure out what's next. We made the decision to go into packaging over 10 years ago because we thought not only did we have the technology, but that's an area of differentiation. I'll talk later about security. I think security is going to be massive for all of us in the next five to 10 years. The ability to track and trace, the ability to help, our, to help brands protect their, their, uh, track, you know, their whole supply chain and track and trace. And, and the opportunity, in my opinion, continues because when you take all of this growth and you convert it into dollars, the Indigo customers today are printing less than 2% of what the world printing industry is printing. So back to the question I had before, if being mainstream means growing from 2% to 4%, I want to be mainstream. I don't think we as a community should try to be 20, 30% of the print value in the world, because then it's a commodity. And there's so many other technologies that are fantastic, and if you have this aggregate of niches, you can make money. When you become too big in a certain area, it's quite dangerous. So for me, Indigo is an aggregate of niches, commercial and packaging, photo and uh, web-to-print and flexible packaging and tubes and laminates and security. And the joint challenge here, how do we double this number over the next few years, but with an aggregate of niches that others can't do, which are highly profitable because it's going to take investment, it's going to take marketing, it's going to take some, some risk. And I, I firmly believe um, this is possible. And this is true also in the commercial printing. Many times people say, yeah, you know, Indigo is growing because you're getting into packaging and labels and flexible. Commercial printing volume is still growing. It's still growing. The online printers are going, the mid-sized printers are going, the web-to-print is growing. So there is still growth both in commercial, which is still the vast majority of the Indigo business, and in labels and packaging. Uh, and it is global. It's uh, happening in Asia, which is obviously our, our fastest growing market, China, which is our second largest market, and it is driven by a combination of technology, applications, and uh, workflow. For good and for bad, we have a differentiated technology. Um, it's uh, evolved over the last 20 years, but it's still fundamentally very different than the other digital technologies, the various inkjet technologies and toner technology. It has a lot of similarity to offset, because that's where we started with the concept of a blanket and a pip and an ink, but it's obviously very different than, than the analog flexo technologies. And for good or for bad, we're differentiated. Um, and today, given our scale, we have uh, a pretty significant R&D capability between one Drupa and the other, this four-year cycle, we spent close to $600 million on Indigo, while HP spends a significant amount in parallel on Inkjet as well, because fundamentally we believe that there are certain applications like flexible packaging, labels, commercial printing, where Indigo and this LEP has a long-term sustainable advantage, and there are other applications, signage, corrugate, the textile, where Inkjet has a fundamental competitive advantage. And it's our role to continue to invest in the technology where it makes sense, and not to get caught into the trap that, okay, we can do everything because competition is good, and in some areas, competition has a better solution for a certain application than, than we can ever bring. 
But I think one of the things, again, that, that we've learned from our customers and from our partners is that with all the pride in technology and however much money we spend in the engine, print engine, and in the inks, and the speed, and the width, it's not enough, uh, certainly in today's world. And since the equation today is not how many sheets you print, but how many jobs you get out a day, and how much money you make on the jobs, fundamentally you need strong workflow capabilities, application, business models, financing, and an open platform. And I think one of the things that is very important for us being part of DScoop is the fact that it's an open community. And we have not gone down the path of a proprietary workflow, branded HP media, finishing devices that we sell, closed systems. And, and actually, the partners and the customers keep us there, because it's very tempting to say, I'll do something which is closed. Short term, it's good. Long term, it's, it's very, very bad. And a great example of this approach is the print OS. So we made a decision quite a few years ago to try to create a global platform which will benefit our customers and the partners um, and to keep it as open as we can. Obviously, there is a tighter link to the HP presses and printers than to others, but it's, it's conceptually an open platform. And uh, I think one of the big changes over the last few years is the fact that PrintOS has been established de facto for uh, over 8,000 customers as something real. We have thousands of customers that go into the PrintOS uh, weekly, even daily. And I think today we've established a base, but it's just the beginning. And I want to talk a little bit more about PrintOS, because in today's world of connectivity, of mobile, as a community, we, we must find a way to leverage the power of PrintOS and bring it to a different level. We're starting to see the signs of it. I hope some of you had the time to go and see the PrintOS areas. For those of you that will be around tomorrow, I encourage you to do that. We've created the infrastructure. Many of you are using PrintBeat, but PrintOS is a lot, a lot, a lot more than that. And to sum this all up, and, and this goes back to where, where I get ideas, I get ideas from reading, uh, from reading books. And um, one of... Uh, one of the all-time classics is Anna Karenina Tolstoy that opens up and says that uh, all happy families are all the same and all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. So for me, it's, it's a twist. My observation is that unhappy printers are all alike and each happy printer is happy in its own way. And this is based on, again, literally thousands of visits uh, to printers over the, over the years, and it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, obviously, everybody has some commonality, but the successful customers are those that are doing something differentiated. And the ones that are not are stuck in this red commodity zone. You've heard me saying this many times, but the more I see it, the more I'm convinced that this is the truth. And again, maybe it's my, my background of training more as uh, an, economist, an economist and uh, and in business and less in technology, but I think it's a very scary place to be. And the second observation is that everything commoditizes, so whatever you do today, you're ahead of the curve, you're number one, you're number two. If you don't watch out five years down the road, your competitive advantage is done. And the two vectors I want to talk about briefly is, is, is the differentiation methodologies, which I think most of you do in your daily life. One is around the automation in order to be able to generate more revenue with the same or 
just a little bit increase in, in uh, input and not just doubling the amount of people, space, machines. And the second thing is around creativity and uh, innovation. So I'll start with just a few examples of the, of the profitability. And uh, again, for those of you that have heard me say this, I apologize, but uh, one of the highlights of last year, and you know, when you get more time to think uh, about the questions that uh, I got asked, Maybe I should have talked about this visit. About six, seven months ago, I went to visit EPAC. And EPAC, uh, already last year, was like a big buzz in the flexible packaging industry because it was a startup that bought two Indigos and came out with a vision of transforming the flexible packaging industry by creating 15 hubs in the United States and offering the local community final pouches printed on Indigo, no inventory, five days turnaround time, instead of importing from China, you do it on the spot. And the model was great, and these guys bought two presses, and they were ramping up quite nicely, and then another two presses, and I met them, which was very exciting, and then I had the opportunity to go visit them. And uh, I visited their plant in Wisconsin, and it was, it was amazing, it was an amazing experience, because you walk into the middle of nowhere, literally, and there's a small building there, much, much smaller than this room. And in this building, you had three Indigo 20,000s. And in the next room, they had all the finishing equipment to make pouches, which is laminations and a slitter and a pouch-making machine. They had like 20-something people there, all in their 20s. And they were working 24 hours a day, five days a week. And you sort of saw the simplicity of the model. No big gravure machines, no big uh, infrastructure, no big uh, uh, HR departments, etc. And uh, I, I, I realized during this visit, wow, this is real. This is real. And this is something that could only be done by people with a startup mentality and not by a big corporation that has too many layers and too many reasons why not to do this. By the time they, they, they say half jokingly that when they compete with the big guys, by the time the big competitor gets out the quote, they've already produced the pouch. And it's true, because they produced the pouch in five days, and big companies, when they're asked to give me a quote for producing 100,000 pouches, it takes them sometimes five days to get it out. So these guys now are, are up to over 10 uh, manufacturing sites in the United States. They're opening five more. They just announced their opening in Vancouver, Canada. They just announced their opening in the uh, United Kingdom. And they're the fastest growing Indigo customer ever in the history of Indigo. And they're disruptors. And other people will compete with them. And then the big ones will start feeling the impact. And they'll change. This is how the industry changes. And we've had examples like this in the photo world. And now the photo world is consolidated. We've had examples like this in the online world, and now it's consolidating. I, I firmly believe there are another 10 cases like this, which will happen in the next two or three years. We never thought or planned or pitched to anybody to do an EPAC when we came out with the Indigo 20,000. This is something that you know, a few guys that worked in the big companies came and invented. And many times people tell me, OK, yeah, but this is the US. You know, it's huge, and there's scale, and it's not a problem to raise money. And, and it's, 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 it's not true. Innovation comes from big companies, from small companies, from big countries, from small countries. Three examples. Uh, I think uh, uh, we have people from these countries uh, here in, in the room of Indigo customers that each went their own way. Um, you know, the one on the right is a, is a customer that 
net new to indigo, never had an indigo, bought the first 12,000, and is now printing after two or three months, five million B2 impressions, 24 seven, 200,000 every single day. Uh, sort of web to print capability. And on the left side is a small company that uh, bought a used Indigo, and within, you can see, these are the numbers, within four months got to over a million impressions. So innovation happens, and in all these countries, even though the labor costs are lower than the United States or Germany, automation is, is uh, critical. Another great story from my perspective is a company called Essel Propac. I don't know how many of you know them, but they're the world's largest tube manufacturer. They're the biggest supplier for Colgate, Crest, all these guys. They're based in India, but they have plants everywhere around the world, Europe, China, United States. They were just acquired by a private equity company called Blackstone, which is one of the biggest ones in the world, because they are a big believer in packaging. So it's, again, very interesting to see the amount of money being poured today into packaging customer, vendors, uh, end customers, etc., uh, etc. Et and they're working on converting to digital, automation, short runs, and they're based in India. So the, the, the automation comes from, uh, from everywhere. Um, another great example, and we have uh, online uh, uh, printers in the room, is Solopress, a, a company in the UK that just acquired recently two HP Indigo 10,000s. They're very automated. They had a competitive equipment, but uh, they are running today the Indigos very successfully. And uh, it's true also on the label side. I'm not going to give all the examples. This for me is great because we just recently held a competition between all the 8,000 customers of Indigo in the world, and we told them, sim you know, try to maximize what you can do in one day. And we had three winners, two from, the, from Europe and one from the United States, producing a huge amount of SKUs, an amount of labels uh, in a day. So this focus on productivity is definitely something important. And, and for us, the learning is that productivity is way beyond the width or the speed of the press. It's around the ability to run the 30, 40, 50 jobs a day. And sometimes managing color um, is more important than the speed of the machine because you waste time between the runs, et cetera, et cetera. So when we look at our R&D investment, in many cases, we'll invest money in the workflow color management versus uh, other things. The other area is probably trickier, which is the creativity. Because automation, even though it's not trivial, there are certain things you can follow. There are some templates around lean manufacturing, around analysis of productivity. Innovation is like uh, a, zone of its, uh, a zone of its own. And one of the challenges we all have is that hopefully we come to DScoop and we come away from DScoop with a few ideas, but then how do you share these ideas? How do you execute them? How do you turn them into real business opportunities? And, and one of my observations and disappointments, I have to say, visiting customers and frustrations, maybe not disappointment, is that in many cases we have fantastic customers, they're doing very well, but somehow the innovations that have been released over the last six to 12 months haven't reached them. And when we sit with our advisory boards and we go through the roadmap and where we are today, a big question is how do you share the knowledge? How do you make things uh, real? And one of the changes we want to make going forward, which is connected to PrintOS, is, is hopefully change the way we share as a community. And I think Discoop has an immense role in this. 
Um, so again, I hope some of you have had the time to go downstairs and to actually see this, but in the print OS, not on the mobile print feed version, but on your desktop, there is an area which is called Marketplace, which was just launched actually at DScoop Orlando a, a few months ago. And in this marketplace, you have a few areas. One area covers applications, both from HP and many of our partners. One area has licenses for software, and one area in the middle, maybe the most interesting one, is called ideas. And ideas is the most powerful thing that you can actually uh, gain. So when you go into your print OS and you sort of press the icon which says marketplace, this is how you're going to see it. You're going to have ideas, you're going to have applications, you're going to have licenses. This is the ideas page. And what is an idea? An idea is something that will help you grow your business. And I'll relate in a second to some, some examples, but I'm pretty confident, maybe some of you have seen it the last two days, that most of the Indigo users are still not using ideas as a place to go weekly and to see, hey, is there something new that I can do? Or is there something new that I want to share? with my colleagues. So this is, this, is the, uh, this is the icon. I'll give you an example. We uh, recently released the 12,000 HD, which is not for everyone, because the quality of the 12,000 is fantastic. But there are specific applications that HD brings better quality. And within the HD, we're releasing a new FM screen, which again, for certain applications, is there. If you want to know how to use it, you can go into Marketplace, into Ideas, and get uh, information. By the way, the, the press just won an award, which is very nice. I'm going to skip that. Silver Ink. We're releasing now Silver Ink on the 7900. So you can buy the kit. You can buy the Silver Ink. But what do you do with it? You go to the Ideas on Marketplace. You'll see a perfume silver package, which includes files and design patterns that enable you to download it, and within minutes, print an Indigo Silver Ink uh, file. Now, as I said before, innovation does not only come from us. A lot of the innovations come from our partners. I think the Kurtz guys are, are still here. We just showed in Barcelona for the first time this week uh, an inline um, station, you can call it, to our 6900 that enables uh, foiling uh, inline. Again, seems like a small thing, but it opens up a lot of new applications. We're not quite there yet, but very quickly, we'll put on the marketplace how to do these things. Same for PackReady, lamination, innovation, and very complicated. Uh, I want to talk a few minutes about security because, first of all, I saw this week some pretty amazing new things that I've never seen before. and. Uh, if you look at the numbers and you believe them, and I actually, in this case, believe them, this is one of the fastest growing area in uh, printing. Um, and I think, as an Indigo community, we have massive opportunities there. And the beauty of security is that you need a lot of different capabilities, and you actually usually need to put two or three or even four layers on one document or label in order to ensure the uh, security and the brand protection. So you have a long range of partners. Some of them were here around security inks, around counterfeiting, anti-counterfeiting marks, track and trace solutions. And again, if you're confused or if you're looking to uh, 
accelerate your entry into this space. You go into Marketplace, you put security package, and you get an example of how you can do Mosaic together with Composer, et cetera, et cetera, in order to generate these files. You do it, you experiment, you show it to your customers. If it's good, you move on and you continue uh, doing it. Um, collage, another cool application. I hope some of you saw the amazing work done uh, with Sony and uh, Mosaic from uh, Indigo. We have collage, which is, which is the capability of doing, again, I call it artificial intelligent endless design. It's quite simple today. You need the curiosity. You need to go to Marketplace. Um, and then you start creating these amazing kind of beer cans or anything else you want to do. You print 30, 50, 100 of them. You go to your end customer as a brand. You propose it. And again, all you have to do, go into the marketplace, business card collage, seeds already existing. You download it. You print it. You have it, you have it ready. I see you've chosen my augmented reality option. To bring your label to life, simply select the dram below, and I will take you on a guided tour of whiskey. Another amazing application, a customer that came up with it, augmented reality, scanning your cell phone, the whiskey turns into a bottle that talks to you. This is relatively simple to do today. It's not science fiction. Ah, hello there. I'm the whiskey baron. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for freeing me from the confines of my label. I see you've purchased the Feta Can 2010 from my founder's collection. All right, we're going to release this little guy, go back to the bottle. Um, the last topic I want to bring up before I sum up is around the environment. Um, I think that uh, productivity, automation, innovation is critical, but there is a fundamental uh, fact that we have to remember, which is the environment, which is sustainability. We owe it to the world, we owe it to ourselves, and it's going to become increasingly important. Uh, we, as uh, Indigo, are putting immense efforts into environment and everything we do. I think we need to get the word out that digital printing is not horrible for the environment. Uh, it doesn't destroy forests, it doesn't destroy the ocean. Our customers are creating packages made out of uh, paper stock, compostable packaging, they're winning awards for tubes as green solutions. These are things we need to share. These are things that are very, very important for the industry. Last quote from Benjamin Franklin, and I'll start summing up here. Hopefully, during these few days, beyond the education sessions, which are also interactive, some of you had time to go and, and actually see things, test uh, some of the software, and get engaged. I think the biggest challenge we have today in this world of endless information and short attention spans is how do we learn? Not just hear something, how do we really learn? Again, I'm not going to go into all the details. We put immense efforts today into infrastructure around our service capabilities. I'm not sure it's all getting out there in this world of clutter, but the fact that we have all the information on the cloud, the fact that we can become a lot more proactive in our service capabilities, the fact that we can offer our customers courses for your operators to stay updated, I encourage you guys to use this capability. I encourage you to go back home, and even though we're all going to be very busy, share what you've learned, download the presentation from the dscoop.com in a few weeks, and share them. 
share the state of the industry, share the developments around it, and when relevant, send your people not only to the next D-Scoop, but to the local events and to the HP training facilities around the world. It's an investment which pays off big, big time. In this context, I want to recognize and announce the winners of the Hunt for Growth, 10 people, organizations that actually took the time and, and went around and, and, and learned. And it's great to see we have people here from various countries, uh, Russia, South Africa, Austria, UK, et cetera, et cetera. So there are 10 winners here, so congratulations. And please talk to your account manager because you've won stuff. So make sure you collect your special links, <laughs> training seats, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want to end with this quote from Benjamin, uh, or quotes from Benjamin Franklin. So hopefully we will not hang separately. We'll all be together as a community and continue to grow. To grow, I think, for me, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. He said it 300 years ago. I think it's totally relevant. It's the core of, of, uh, of D-Scoop. I, I relate it to the learning. Nothing venture, nothing gained. Of course, there is risk, but the biggest risk is doing nothing. And maybe the most important, never leave for tomorrow that which you could do today. So now I'm going to answer Kelvin's question. Where do I get my inspiration? So this is my trip to Nepal with my daughter at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, very inspiring to be few days by yourself in nature. I got a lot of ideas. Obviously music, playing my guitar. Um, and last and not least, my garden. That, that's the place where I relax. This is a picture of my garden in, in March. And uh, I leave you with my uh, final thought. The best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. And I say that as a gardener that's planted all these trees and has, has gone through good periods and, and bad periods, I, I hope you, you come away from D-Scoop with some short-term action. If it's buying an indigo press, great. If it's buying a finishing device or a workflow, great. If it's just an idea, an application, something around doing things differently, then I think it's been worth our, our while. So I thank you very much. I finished 11 seconds late only. And uh, job. I look forward to see you at the party. So